we're wired to love at the end of the day. And love to, to love, you have to give of yourself. Well, and you can't give of yourself unless you live who that person is. And you can't live who that person is until you find out who that person is. So that's my whole, that's what this thing is, is, is all about. Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 614. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I just can't even express how excited I am about today's episode. Ed Squire from Me Too, What Now, is here to join us today, and I want to let you know that we met mm, six months ago at an event. Well, actually, we didn't even meet there. We picked up the conversation afterwards because I was off doing about 13,000 other things, but there was so much connection. Today's episode, I'm sure, is going to be filled with faith, but also conversation about resilience, sharing our message with the world, and serving the people that we are meant to serve through our prior experiences. But with all that said, Ed, I am so happy to have you here. Well, Kim, I'm really excited to be here, and I've been looking forward to this. Thanks for thanks for having me on your show. Oh, you are so welcome. Ed, for people who don't know you, can you share a little bit of your journey and let them know how Me Too, What Now got started? Sure, I'd be happy to. So um, most people are familiar with the Me Too movement, and uh, that started with uh, Alyssa Milano a few years ago, and that was founded on um, women being uh, abused and sexually harassed in the workplace. I use that as a as an idea to start me to what now, but I wanted to focus on uh, not just women and and in in the workplace, but just anybody who has been sexually abused at all in their lives, and and specifically childhood sexual abuse, which is part of my background. But the key part of the of the branding for my uh, nonprofit is the what now piece of it. There's so much time spent in uh, uh, in our media today and our culture on the impact of it and what's happening, whether it's how it's impacted somebody uh, personally, their lives, or you know, um, uh, uh, judicially with lawsuits and with companies. I, I just I want people to get better. I want to focus on okay, what do we do now? Okay, now we've we've recognized that we've we've been abused. What do we do going forward? So. For myself, my story uh, has sexual abuse in the background. I was sexually abused by my grandfather starting at age four and then by my next door neighbor when I was around uh, eight and then my elementary school for two years in grades four and five. And out of the uh, of the uh, elementary school teacher um, um, episode of, of abuse for that long, he sexually abused many other boys for many years in um, many grades and and um, one of my best friends, as I grew up, he ended up committing suicide. He shot himself in the head in, uh, his, in, his, in the basement in his bedroom of his parents' place. And that's when I was around 25 years old. So what had ended up happening was very typical as it is with survivors of childhood sexual abuse. You tend to um, either ignore it or you think you're okay or you think you're over it and you live your life and you don't really see the dysfunction that you have until eventually at some point, and for a lot of people it happens later in life, 
is that something will trigger in you and you can end up crashing. And that's what happened to me. And uh, when I crashed, I was just, what that means is I was, I suddenly found myself unable to focus on my job and do my work. I was extremely uh, aggressive. I was uh, very, uh, you know, deep in self-loathing. And uh, I just eventually had to, you know, I got out of my job because I, I couldn't keep doing it anymore. And so I lived a pattern of life that just really, um, uh, much to my surprise, I thought it wasn't affecting anybody else. But, you know, you, I, you do when you close yourself off emotionally from people They're they're not, you know, they don't get to experience the authentic person who you really are. And the reason why we do that is because we don't know the authentic person that we really are. So we go into coping mechanisms and different uh, performance orientation uh, uh, type of uh, lifestyles to try to pretend to be something that we either wish we were or we want other people to think and a lot of dysfunction ends up coming into your life and what i ended up doing was you know the 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 big crash for me happened when uh my uh, a childhood friend of mine from high school contacted me and it was the sister of my friend who had uh, committed suicide she wrote a book about his life and about the teacher and the abuse and how and why Jim committed suicide. And she asked me to come and speak at a book signing event in my hometown back in Canada. Now, this is before I ever went into therapy. Uh, it was before I really understood that uh, the effects of um, the trauma that I had suffered, like I have post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, complex post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, anxiety, depression, um, and um, you know, a number of different mental health related issues. Uh, I see them now, I didn't see them back then. She invited me to come and speak and I did. And it was in front of my hometown back in Canada, like I said. And uh, two weeks before that, I also spoke at another event uh, in, my, in the town where I live now in Denver, Colorado. And it was for an organization that was putting on a community event where they were um, uh, raising awareness towards uh, child sex slavery and child sex trafficking in the Denver area, which is a which is a major hub for that industry, because uh, part of my story involves um, exploiting that industry, uh, and um, so they asked me to come and speak. Both of these occurred within this, the same month of time, and I've done a lot of public speaking, and I I, I didn't want to go and speak on this topic because I was still ashamed and embarrassed and afraid. And, and, and I thought, well, it would be a good thing. I want to support Heather, who is my, my, my friend's sister with her book. And I want to support my local community if there's a way I can, I'd just be happy to do it. Unbeknownst to me, if I was in therapy at the time, my therapist probably would have said, don't do it. <laughs> because I had a meltdown uh, when I did that. And uh, the onset of post-traumatic stress disorder literally hit me when I was on stage. And and uh, it was evident to everybody that was there. And there was about a thousand people there. And within a few weeks after both those events, um, I came to realize that there's something very, very wrong. And that began my uh, path to recovery and healing. And that was in that was in June of 2016. So we're talking just, uh, you know, not that long ago, three years ago. Wow. My backstory is nothing similar to yours. And I was, you know, I was not sexually abused as a child or as an adult. I just want to put this out there. But it's crazy. But at 2016, I just had to put this out there. 
and this is going to make me sound so shallow, so forgive me, but I'm not trying to be shallow. 2016 was a major pivotal year to so many entrepreneurs that I know. And I, I would like to say that I noticed a lot more authenticity coming out in social media right about then, a lot more people sharing their stories and their struggles and what they've overcome. Whereas prior to 2016, there was a lot of perfection. People posting what they thought others wanted to see, what they wanted others to see. And, you know, it was pictures of us in our house with all the crap moved to the side so people wouldn't know. You know, <laughs> right. did, mm-hmm. did you notice that shift like on social media around no. the same time? To be honest with you, I really wasn't on social media back then. Uh, I didn't want to be because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be a Christian, yet, you know, my lifestyle to a certain group of people in my life, they had no clue I was a Christian because I didn't uh, I didn't want to let them know. Right. And so I compartmentalized so many areas of my life and talk about being not authentic. Right. Um, so I couldn't, I didn't do anything on, on, on Facebook, for example, which was the only platform that I was, that I was on at the time because, uh, well, I didn't want people to know, I didn't know who I was. I was so confused, but that sure aligns with what you're saying though. Right. So I was pretending I was, anything I did post was pretending to be something that either I really wasn't, or I kind of was, or I wanted people to think. So there was no authenticity with what I was doing. So that's interesting that you would mention that. So I would say no, but I was one of the people that was party to, you know, living that way. Hmm. Interesting. That is interesting. I mean, if I just back it up one year, 2015, I got my first business coach and he was a Christian business coach. And he he reviewed my site and he says, where's God in your business, Kim? I said, well, he's all Mm -hmm. over. And he says, well, why can't I see him then? And I said, well, I don't want to offend people. And he said, well, what is that doing for you if you're afraid of hiding or if you're yeah. hiding a big part of who you are because you're afraid of offending people. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. And immediate, I mean, the light, it was like light, what's the expression? Light shine on marble head or whatever. I went that night and I put on my site the Bible verses that I had on my on my computer monitor and impacted me every single day. Mm. And within a couple weeks, I got contacted by someone who became a client for several years. And he said, I just so appreciate your authenticity and you're sharing your faith on your website. And we didn't even share the same faith, Ed, mm. which was crazy to me. I mean, I'm Christian. He was Jewish, but he still appreciated the fact that I put it out there. But it was still another year before I was willing to open up about my own struggles about anxiety and depression. I mean, I didn't know how I could share that I was going through that because what if people thought, you know, what are people going to think? Yeah. What are people going to think? I mean, are they going to think I can't function in my business because I admit that I'm struggling with anxiety? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So what happened after those two speaking engagements? You realized that there's something going on. What did you do next? Well, I, when I came, like when I came back from the last speaking engagement, it was June first of two thousand sixteen, and I was working remotely uh, from home. And at the time, I was a, I was a, uh, a senior business consultant in IT. So I would go into Fortune five hundred companies and global companies in the United States, Canada, and Europe, and do a high level analysis of their operational processes, um, locally and and nationally and globally, and provide 
recommendations on how they can be industry best practice with their um, standards and their policies and procedures on all this high level business stuff that I don't even like to use these business words anymore because it's uh, it just reminds me so much of my my past life because if you had have asked me back then who I was I would have my identity was so wrapped up in my job. I loved telling people what I did because it just sounded so sexy and impressive. And I traveled the world and work with all these people and companies and stuff. And when that all went away, it was a hard reality trying to ask or trying to answer the question, what do you do when the answer was nothing right now? All of a sudden it's just, it's me and God. That's, that's all I have. And it was a pretty hard thing. So when I got, when I got back, I found that I was unable to focus on my work and I couldn't get my I couldn't get my work done. And it was massive depression, massive anxiety, and, and I could not focus. And I was I was having some of these issues prior to these speaking events, but all of a sudden it got to the point of where it was disrupting my ability to work so much that I couldn't work. Up until then, I could still get stuff done, but now I, I literally couldn't. So I talked to my uh, employers, I talked to my doctor and my uh, uh, mental health care uh, provider and told them what had happened. And they all said the same thing. You need to take time off work. And on the mental health care side, it was like you have complex post-traumatic stress disorder and it's been coming on for the last few years. And now now you're at now you're at the end. So you need you need to take a break. And so I thought. Okay, well, and I'm probably having a midlife crisis too because my my divorce was about five years over, so still kind of that was still kind of that was in the past. Uh, actually, no, it's ten years now, so it's about it was about seven years. But I thought, well, maybe I'm having a midlife crisis along with yeah, I can see you know my past is obviously bothering me, so yeah, I think you know a break would be good. And so during the six months I had off, the first six months, I thought with all the hard work that I did to understand what has happened to me and understand, oh, okay, I see the impact of childhood sexual abuse and oh, I can see the patterns in my life and I get it. I thought I was just a really good, a really good mental health patient <laughs> doing all the things you need to do to get better. And my goal was, what do I need to do to get better? And I'm just going to do that, right? Come to find out after six months of short-term long dis- of short-term disability, if you don't go back to work, you go on long-term disability. And in the case with my company, they terminate you. And my, my psychiatrist, my uh, family doctor, and my therapist, not a single one of them would approve of me going back to work at that time. Mm-hmm. And so in, in January of 2017, that's when it really hit. And I'll, I'll never forget when I went to a coffee shop one morning, because I used to go to coffee shops uh, when they first opened as, as early as they as early as possible. And, and, uh, and then I would leave before the morning people came in to get their coffee because I just wanted to stay away from people at this stage. And I'll never forget the barista. He said, so, well, what do you do? And it just suddenly hit me. I can't say I'm a business consultant, strategic business consultant. I travel the world and I do this and that and blah, blah, blah. I I had nothing. And I I looked at him and he could tell I had a, I was confused by the question, which was odd. And I said, I looked at him and I said, um, nothing. I, I don't do anything. Hmm. He looked at me because he could tell it was probably the first time I came up with that answer. And he, and he said, 
so you, you like you don't do anything he didn't know what to say and i said no i i don't do anything he said well are you retired and i said i was had just searching for some kind of a intelligent response to make me sound like i was at least something a somebody that did something i was too embarrassed to say i'm on disability right at that time right and i just said uh, nope not retired and i don't look like i'm a mentally distressed person and he said well you uh are you uh what did he say are you, are you retired and i said no and he said do you uh do you have a, do you have a job and i said nope and he goes uh, wow well that must be nice. And I never thought of that. And I looked at him and I said, yeah, it is, it is nice. It actually is nice. And then I had to start dealing with, okay, who am I? Now, what is my life about? Like, what, how do I find myself, right? And so with Me Too What Now, my tagline, you know, is is find yourself, live yourself, give yourself, because that's what I have had to do, and Say that's that what every survivor, like on my uh, on my website, right? It says "Me Too What Now," and on my business card, it says "Find yourself, live yourself, give yourself." Well, that's just—I mean, I heard you the first time, but that's just so huge because I can't. Oh wow! Find yourself, live yourself, give yourself. Well, I mean, healthy people need to do that. We all need to do that as humans. But for survivors of of trauma, period, whether it's sexual abuse or whatever, if you have serious traumatic background, then this becomes a monumental task. Because when you are in a case of childhood sexual abuse, your brain is, you know, your neurological growth is impacted. There's many, many studies that they have where they show that your 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 capacity to grow and mature in your emotions and in in, in in various different psychological stages of your life, depending on your age when you were abused, is impacted. And when I began to learn of these things and looked at my life, I was like, holy cow, I can see why I am who I am, why I act the way I do. And so um, you know, in my, in my, my logo, and I'm like, I, I thank God for this because it's where it came from, is Me Too on my logo is in white letters with a black background. And underneath that, it says find yourself because find yourself, live yourself, give yourself is a um, my layman's term or my layman's interpretation of the five stages of recovery that it takes to recover from trauma. And there's an accepted uh, standard of of uh, stages that you go through in recovery and, and I'm not a mental health care professional and I um, you know I can't give any advice in these in these areas but uh, to me it all wraps up into number one is figuring out your identity who you are and then learning to live that so in my logo um, you know, it says find yourself also in white letters with a black background, because I believe that, you know, from my personal experience was until I figured out my identity, I was living in darkness. That's why it's black. Right. You you are living in darkness if you don't know who you are. And then the what now side of my of the of the nonprofit's name has a white background with black letters. And underneath that, it says live yourself, give yourself. Once you figure out your identity and you begin to, you know, learn to live that, because it's weird. If you, you know, I began to think, well, who am I? And I began to figure out, well, I can be anybody I want to be. 
And I just really didn't know who I was. And as you, you know, as you begin to get comfortable in your own skin and, you know, begin to gain confidence and begin to find out, you know, what, you know, who are you, you have to live that. It's an ongoing living experience and you make corrections and, you know, things happen. What are, what are my values? What are my, who am I at my core? Because you don't think about that when you don't know who you are. You don't care about that. You just, there's a facade you want to put out there to let people think either A, you're okay, or B, you want to be accepted, or C, you're, you're, you're of value. And so when you begin to live that, you then, you, you, I think you naturally want to give back because human beings are love. That's, that's the way we're wired. We're wired to love at the end of the day. And love, to, to love, you have to give of yourself. Well, and you can't give of yourself unless you live who that person is. And you can't live who that person is until you find out who that person is. So that's my whole, that's what this thing is, is, is all about. Who are you, Ed? Well, that's, uh, you just, you just, Oh, I, I just want to let you know, one. I wouldn't even know how to answer that question right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You've got so me yeah. over here thinking about it. I'm, because everything, like I was thinking about it, everything that I would say would be attached to a role that I play. It, right, right. So, you know, that's interesting because when people ask me what I do nowadays, I love that question because I I don't answer it with, I'm a nonprofit or I do, I do this or I do that. I don't, I don't give any information that gives them any indication as to what, where I make my money or potentially how much money I make. Because when you, yeah, I would say the majority of people answer that question with their career. I own this or I work at McDonald's or, and as soon as we identify who we are based on our employment, the person that you're giving that information to will automatically, because you can't help it, frame you at a certain level socioeconomically with the because of the job that you have which 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 that may or may not have anything to do with who you really are and that's why i used to love telling people what i told them because it just made me sound like i knew what they were thinking like i knew it and now when they say well, what do you do i say well i i uh, i mountain bike I, I love to hike and uh you know, I, I play a little bit of drums and uh, I love I love I love working uh, and helping in uh, you know, different nonprofits and places where there's need. And, um, yeah, that's 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 what I do. <laughs> but that wasn't the question. Well, they, they ask you, what do you do? That's that's what I do. They didn't ask me what I do for a living. That's no, a different but question. Who are you? Well, that's that's a different question than what you do. Right. So right. I, for, for who I am. You know, I, I'm, I hesitate, right, when you ask me that, because I'm still in the process of, of figuring that out. Thank you. That's actually the best answer that you could have given me, that oh. you're still in the process of figuring that out. Because yes. I don't think I'll have it figured out when I'm 98. Yeah, that's very good. I, I think that's, you know, we, this, it's a lifelong journey figuring out who you are. I think the question really is, like, for me, it's like, you know, what are your, what are your values? What drives you? Right. That's 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 that really will tell you who I am, uh, I, I suppose. Um, but I mean, I can I can just say I mean, I, I don't I, I don't like saying I'm a, saying I'm a Christian. I hate saying that because it's you know, it's it's has it's to me, it's a label and people have opinions about what that means and everything. And and, uh, and, and in, for me, the track record of Christianity in the in the general public, it doesn't have a great 
it doesn't have a great track record. And so it has nothing to do with my faith in God. It has nothing to do with how I live my life according to the word. It has nothing to do with my core values because all my core values are lined up with, with the word of God. And and I'd, I prefer talking about my creator, where I came from, as opposed to a religion, a religious title, you know. And, and another thing, too, is, is I think... You know, when you say you're a Christian, I'm kind of going off on a different tangent here, but when you say you're a Christian, then I think there's a certain it's it's like saying, hey, I'm a I'm a you know, I'm a business uh, uh, process reengineering expert. I work for all these companies and blah, blah, blah. Well, you're going to form an opinion of, and a certain expectation that you're going to have of me because of what I've said. If I say I'm a Christian, then people will kind of automatically box you in with a, a certain expectation of what you should be like as a human being. And I don't think my life reflects that. Oh my goodness. I so (laughs) love that we're having this discussion and tangents are openly welcomed on the Positive Productivity Podcast. I have thought the same thing. I've, because especially with the news, it's all over the news these days. It's been all over the news for years now. You know, I, my husband was watching something last night and they were talking about Chick fil A. And then there's, you know, there's Christian business owners who chose because it, it's their right to choose, in my opinion, yeah. who they're going to serve. But just because one person chooses not to serve a specific audience doesn't mean that I'm going to do the same thing. And at the at the end of the day, it's all love, like what you said before. And yeah. what I see is love. You know how how can I best serve you? So if you were to ask me, like who, not who you are, but what is your number one value? It's integrity. To me, it's integrity. Hmm. Yes. What's your number one value? Well, they my my values are 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 new because I never really had core values. I wrote them down, but they didn't mean anything because you know, in business you write down your core values. Well, now my core values mean something, and they and and I know they're going to change over time. So for now, like number one is is committed, being committed. Just if I say I'm going to do something, I do it, right? And if I, and 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 if I say, you know, my family comes first, you know, then you have to back that up with action. And I just want to be. I've never been committed to anything. I've been wishy-washy all my life. And then the second thing is is if being efficient, because because of all of you know these dysfunctions and uh, uh, you know running from my life. Uh, I've never I've never been efficient. Uh, I've spent money and not managed it right. I haven't managed. I haven't you know I never managed my work right. It's just everything has been fight or flight. So now just being efficient. I just be a good efficient um, operator of my life is what I want. Um, and then number three is honesty. And um, for me, I'm like, well, you know what? I, I can't. They all kind of go together, right? So honestly, then the third one is 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 health in my mind, body, and my spirit, and then my the fifth one I have five core values, and the fifth one is service to others. So I, I think I I try to choose integrity, but to me integrity is wrapped up in 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 are you are you committed? Are you a person of your word? Are you are you uh, are you an efficient person? So if you're going to do something, are you going are you going to do it well and do it right? Are you honest? Um, and do you have service to others? So I was over here of, thinking that my one word wraps up four of yours. 
Yeah, you see what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Is that so efficient? Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you, like, I had no integrity before, right? I yeah. was a liar, yeah. a cheat. I mean, I was just, I was a fake. I was a phony. So integrity and a character is everything. But I thought, well, those words are, to me are just, I, I needed to break them down a little bit. And and a person of character is a person that is committed and efficient and honest and looks after their health and serves to others. So character and integrity are wrapped up in those five values. Yeah. Yeah. Hey there, my friend. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. I wanted to take a quick moment to invite you to join the Work Smarter, Not Harder Challenge. Over the course of 30 days, these free, yes, free, short videos will teach you a few of the systems and strategies I set up in my business so I can get away from my computer and back to the people I love. I invite you to sign up now at WorkSmarterNotHarderChallenge.com. Again, you can sign up at WorkSmarterNotHarderChallenge.com. Lauren Zander was a previous guest on the podcast, and we had a a really awesome conversation about integrity. And what she brought up that I had never really thought of before was personal integrity. Because we can tell ourselves over and over again that we're going to do something, but if we keep on not doing what we tell ourselves that we're going to do... Oh. That we stop believing in ourselves. And yes. I, I mean, I'm staring at my stationary elliptic or my stationary bike right now. Okay. In full disclosure, I did not tell myself yesterday that I was going to ride it this morning because I knew I wasn't going to, but I'm, I'm really working to have integrity with myself when I, or and and going to another one of your, or going to your word commitment. When I commit to myself that I'm going to do something, in the past, just like you said, it's been really hard to follow through on that commitment to myself. I've given yes. more commitment to other people than I have myself. Right. And that's yep. where the chronic idea disorder comes in. For, uh, the commitment, the efficiency. I mean, I've started so many projects that I haven't finished. And this, my community is going to get so tired about hearing about this, but I am on <laughs> a, a solid fight for 100 in everything I do right now. And it it's a love hate thing even within my team because i'm so focused on getting to 100 on the things that i've started that some of the other things that aren't so far along are waiting all my client work is getting done i just want to put this out there but mm-hmm. i'm tired of having all this extra stuff i mean i have probably i think i saw at the last look 36 domains in my GoDaddy. One of them you know about because (laughs) we can touch upon that. But talk about efficiency. Why do I keep on spending money on domains and then not doing anything with it? And if Mm. if you don't mind for a second, Ed, I'm just going to jump over there to that conversation. So Listeners, Ed and I had talked earlier this year, and it's it's on the wayside right now. It's it's on standby. It may or may not happen happen about starting the po- um the Purposepreneur podcast, um where we're talking about about and to specifically Christian entrepreneurs, but life happens, and for both of us, other things happen. And would you mind just sharing what you were talking about before we pushed record? With regards to timing, uh, timing, yes, yeah, well, yeah, it's it's uh, and and, and also, um, I wanted to also say, um, um, you mentioned, I can't remember, it'll come back in a second, um, but yeah, so, so, so for me, all my life, I have pursued opportunity and pursued success and pursued, you know, my, my 
my uh, version of success. And for me, that was, uh, I want to make a lot of money for God, right? I want to be a good Christian businessman. And, you know, the reality was I, I wasn't living that on the inside, right? So if you're not living it on the inside, how are you going to possibly live that on the outside when you when you are successful? And so I was always limited as far as how I could how far I made it in life, and it made me angry with God because I'm like, well, you know, God, you know, help me out here because like I want to be wildly successful so I can you know really help out your kingdom. And the thing I realized in recovery was that He doesn't actually need any of my help; He just wants to get to know me. That's, that's His thing. And my performance uh, doesn't have anything to do with it. So I decided, you know, over the course of the last few years that I don't want to run ahead of him thinking I know what is going to be the right thing. I just want to go with with the flow of my life in the moment, day by day. And if something, you know, there's nothing that has to happen. And if it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. I, I believe I have my, that's where my faith is, is that I'm not missing out on life anymore. You know, I could look back with a lot of regret in my life, but but I don't because for some reason, somehow, in some way, everything that has happened has happened for a reason. And I've been able to come to terms with that and accept that. And now that I'm there, I don't want to get out of the groove that I'm in, in the in the peace and the comfort and, and, and the resting of knowing that he's in control. I don't have to be in control. So letting go of control in my life was a very, very difficult task. I think it's a difficult thing for a lot, you know most people to just, you know, allow things to happen. So when an opportunity comes up and then it goes away, hey, you know what? I used to get all excited and then, oh, just really upset and like, you know, try to try to drive and make things happen. But I don't anymore. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with whatever the day ends up with because I know that the way it ended up was the way it's supposed it was supposed to end up. I'm going to use your whole conversations with God there. I mean, sometimes God just wants us to build a boat, but we inflate it so much that we think we have to go, you know, build a plane and then the plane never gets finished. But that's because God didn't want a plane. He wanted a boat. Right. You don't know. We don't know. All we have is today and this moment. Yeah. You can. It's good to make plans. I mean, that's that's good. But not. You can't live in your mind in the future. You can't. You have to live in the moment and the present. And you. I remember what I was going to say before that you mentioned, and this ties this ties right into it. Is that I finally came to the place where I realized I wanted to be the same person outside of my door of where I live as I was on the inside. Mm. So I wanted to be able to. Whatever I post on Facebook or any any social media, you're going to know who I am. It's I'm the same person, and my personal integrity behind closed doors, I, I just it, it just suddenly hit me. I will never get to where I want to be in life ever if if I don't look after internally myself first. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why one of my core values is health, mind, body, and soul. Right? So unless I'm at peace and at rest, and I've found that the kinds of people that I want to be like, that I emulate in the, in 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 the, not just in the business world, but just in life in general, just powerful people in in their in their sphere and their in their sphere of influence, whatever it may be, it could be at the local food bank or it could be somebody who has a huge multi-million dollar business. I don't care, but they have the same traits, and they're typically at peace with themselves. They're at rest. They don't fight against the grain. They let things happen. They, you know, they, they have specific practices that they do that, that keep them in a calm, you know, and uh, state and, and, and live in the moment. And these things are the critical, important things that they 
attribute to their success, not tactical, not tactical business things that you can do. Like you need a good strategy. You need to find out what you're good at, find out what your strengths are, find out what your weaknesses are and all these things. I found that unless you relax and you enjoy the very moment of the day and you're at peace, then you won't, you won't, you won't make it on the big business stage or whatever your, whatever your dream or your desire is, because you're not, you don't have it together on the inside. And that has been probably the most, for me, it's been the most exciting thing in my life. It's like Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is, is always quoted at weddings and, and funerals. You know, that the Lord is my shepherd, right? I shall not want. Well, wait a minute. Hold on a sec there. I shall not want. Well, all my life I've been wanting, right? Needing, wanting, needing, wanting more, this, that I don't have. And it says right there, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So it's, you know, just for the last few years, I've been thinking, well, that's not me. God, I'm always wanting. So he's just letting me know, don't, don't, don't mm-hmm. do that. I, I will give you everything you need. So then it's like, uh, I shall not want. He leads me besides the waters. I'm like, all my life, I've never really felt led besides the waters. I've been in fight or flight mode. And now it's like, okay, Ed, every day, this is what I'm doing. Or I'm leading you to these still waters. So I, I don't fight with that now. I'm like, mm, where's the still waters, right? So I find that every day. Now he restores my soul, right? And and you know, and then and you know, if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, I I, I fear no evil. Right? We're not supposed to fear. It's so <laughs> fascinating because that's that's part of where you and I picked up conversations after mm. we left the event. I mean, it was early March, and you and I were both going through some um, animosity. I don't know if that's the right word. We were both facing some heat on social media. Yeah, and yeah we that's both right. had yes. the option of, yeah. do we stop or do we do what we know we have to do and keep on going? Yeah, or and I was, or yeah, or do we retaliate? Right, the natural right gut reaction was to 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 fight back. Yeah, right, right. But fear no evil. I mean, I hate to say it, but the evil's going to be out there. The devil's going to be out there trying to stop us from what we want to do. Oh yeah, I mean, that, and that scripture is very clear. It's there. We just don't have to fear it. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel it, like the, the further you get, the harder it's pushing back on you? To stop. How do you mean? Often I feel like the further I, or the more clear I get on what I'm doing and what God wants me to do and, and taking what he wants me to do and getting clear on what I'm doing. I mean, it's a loop. Mm-hmm. It, it's like a steep mountain climb. And the, the closer I get to the top of the mountain, the harder it is to climb because there's always that challenge coming back. The kids love this part. <laughs> I don't know if you heard them <laughs> in the other room. But, um, you know, just when I'm making great progress, it feels like one step forward, two steps back, but I just have to put in that extra effort to regain that ground and keep on pushing forward. Oh man. Yes. I mean, yeah, very much so. And, and I, I wish it would stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you and me both. Oh my gosh. Because like, yes. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm there right now. Right. Like, like mm-hmm. last week, um, and you know, it's 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 like I've been on this. Things have been going great, and I, and and just confident, and you know, I'm just like, hey, you know what? I just I don't even think I have any mental health issues anymore. I've I've got this all beat. I'm doing great, and then all of a sudden, some things took place, 
And I went so far back that I was having suicidal thoughts. And I haven't had that for about a year and a half. And so I got so low and so depressed, I could not believe that with all the tools in my toolbox and the things that I know and the work that I've done in recovery, that I'm back there again and I and I can't manage this situation that I'm facing. And it just, it just, you know, and like yesterday and today were good days because I finally I'm just wrapping my head around everything that's happening. And the, what I need to do is just rest and not worry. And know, know where my value comes from, know where my worth comes from. And if my focus and my intention is not on that, which for me, it's I'm a child of God. And, you know, it says the very last part of Psalm 23 says it, it says, mercy and grace shall, uh, uh, what is it? Oh, my, my grace will uh, pursue, what is it? Uh, walks in the valley of shadow of death, um, fear no evil. For, you know, my grace will will follow you all the days of your life. And, and I, I didn't like that scripture because I thought, ah, it doesn't sound like it's, I need more than that. But when you look up the word, you know, um, you know, I need to look up the exact scripture, but it says, yeah, he will, yeah, mercy I'm will already fall, on it. <laughs> will follow you all the days of my life. That's what it says. We'll follow you all the days of my life. And I'm like, you know what? I, I need more than mercy and, and grace following me. That's how I feel. I, I need a little bit more than that. And when I, I, I mean, I really dug into that, that mm. entire chapter and what that word means follow in the original is it means to hunt down. It means to pursue with great intent and to over and to overtake. That's what God wants to do. His, his, his grace and his mercy aren't following behind us. Like he's overtaking us and, 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 uh, you know, and, and completely dousing us with that. That's what I need. So when I stop and think, you know what, I, I'm okay. I don't, I don't have to worry about this thing that's pulled me backwards because my identity right, and my peace and my rest, I, I know where it comes from. And when I get my focus off of that and onto people or, or things or performance or business and something doesn't work and I start to spiral and I don't have my intent on, you know, where I, where I really come from. And that's, yeah, I'm, I should be resting beside some still water somewhere, chewing on some green grass, not lacking anything and being overtaken by God's mercy and grace. Oh my gosh. Ed, last week was the same for me. In every way that you just said. It's like that with us. <laughs> yes, it is like that with us. It and is. you know what I, I got to say about that? It, it's, well, it's going to echo you very much the same. But when I, when I stop focusing on my purpose and when I'm going after money again, yeah. then something or somebody tries to change the rules. And okay, I just got to use this word because it's the one that first popped up. And I often feel like I'm getting screwed. But it's not, I realize that that's how I should, like, it's just a gentle kick from God to go back to focusing on what I'm supposed to be focusing on. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in that same spot and I just want the listeners to know, I mean, I am, I'm great now. Um, and it, it was more than just work. Um, my husband deals with PTSD as well. So, put work challenges and PTSD with husband challenges together. And it's like the perfect storm of, ah, 
just stop already. Yeah, yeah. But I, I had Mercy Me's Even If on repeat in my ears. And that's how I, that was the beginning of getting out. And, and changing I, your focus and your intention. Yep. That's, that's what you did. Mm-hmm. Yep. And listeners, you know, I've said it over and over again. I love my husband. It's, it's just a challenge though. I mean, I've overcome my own or am always in the process of bettering my own emotional state and mental state. But when there's PTSD involved, it, it poses another challenge and you're living with it, Ed, you know. But what I had to tell him last week or the week before, I wasn't happy with something, but I actually told him, I I don't want to talk about it right now. I need to go to God. Yeah. He did not like that. <laughs> but we got over that and he realizes that in the future, God is first. Let yes. Kim go to God, work yeah. it out with him, and then she can have a civil conversation. I agree. I yeah. agree. And and, and well, since since things with us seem to go like that, that was the that was what brought me so far backwards. Is that I'm in a relationship with somebody that doesn't get that, mm-hmm. right? And so you can't change you can't change someone. Right. And, 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 you know, the, the next relationship I get into it, it, you know, you need, you need to be with, with someone that understands who you are, regardless. And everybody's got issues and things that they've been through. Everybody does. And everybody has trauma of some kind in their life. And if they haven't, they'll, they'll get it. And eventually, but you need to, as, as, as a believer in, in, in Christ, that has to be the, the focus of where my, energy comes from and my power and my self-worth and my answers before a human being does. Mm-hmm. So I just want to share this. Um, in the middle of all this, I pulled out the Purpose Driven Life. I started it on January 1st. It's a 40-day it's a journey. Let's just say we are a bit more than 40 days into this year, <laughs> to say the <laughs> least, okay? But I'm on day, I was on day 37. And Pastor Warren referred to the book of Acts and I went and I read it. And that was, that was the final kicker for me because he was talking about Judas. And I know this is a really religious conversation and spiritual conversation listeners compared to what we normally get into. But if you're, if you're a spiritual entrepreneur, I would love to hear your feedback and I'll, I'll tell you where to go in just a moment. But in the book of Acts in the chapter I was reading, it was talking about Judas and how he had sold out Jesus. And and then he got paid for selling Jesus out. And he went and bought a field. And he ended up falling over and basically the, the field killed him. And it, I asked somebody last week or the week before, I said, in in Christianity, is there karma? And the person said, no. Th- there's hell. And I had this conversation last night or the night before with my husband as well. And he said, well, Kim, it, I think that karma and you reap what you sow are basically the same thing. I, I agree. Yeah. I and, agree. And that just, especially considering what I'm going through with a client right now, I realized, you know, I can stay with integrity with myself or I can go in a different direction. And when I saw this with Jude, um, I know what I'm trying to say. I, I just realized, oh my gosh, this is a, thank you, God, this is the message I needed to hear. 
Like, don't sell myself out. Don't sell you out. Stay on the right path. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know what that also says to me? Don't, don't trust in and rely on your own power and your own works. Yep. You know, and I know that uh, Rick Warren, I mean, he's all about that, you know, <laughs> right? All about that. You think you think you have control over things in your life? You you don't. We don't. No, and we're constantly reminded that we don't. <laughs> but what are you most excited about in the next ninety days? Ed? Well, I'm uh, working on a uh, a new project uh, that I'm going to keep a little bit secret, but it involves, like you know, with with me too. What now? The whole premise for it was based on uh, helping survivors overcome shame and fear and um and um and uh associated with uh childhood sexual abuse right whether you were and then also whether it was from childhood sexual abuse or any type of trauma right and and i love doing it through video video is my main platform i do vlogs i do interviews with other survivors and i interview other mental health care professionals and nonprofits, and i i, I do comedy i do uh there's just everything everything that i find creative that that is just my authentic self that i think could help somebody else if you especially if you know my story is what i put out there and including uh, documentaries which is something that that has been unfolding before me without me trying i'm not i haven't been looking for it so there's a another survivor who approached me last year and he uh, lives in denver here and he used to be an executive director with um, uh, several global nonprofit uh, uh, relief organizations one of them uh, which was amnesty international and he's been around the world working in impoverished uh, uh, countries and cities helping uh, these um places get up on their feet, make a positive difference and and, and help out. And he's also a, a, a video storyteller as well. And so we're going to combine our skills and our efforts and our dreams and visions and put together uh, an organization that does just that, that, uh, that creates documentaries, whether they're full length or short films that have socially impacting um, um uh, topics, and we're going to uh, try to get them onto things like Netflix and Hulu and different uh, online streaming uh, companies. And um, so, the next ninety days, we're looking to to launch that. So that's what I'm really, really excited about. And it just fits in with it. Just it's naturally flowing from what I started with Me Too What Now. And the funny thing is, I never picked up a camera and filmed anything before a year and a half ago. And uh, it's just become my passion and my desire. And I love doing it. And um, uh, that's, that's what's come out of, uh, you know, that's what's just evolved in the last, uh, in the last few months. So that's going to be very, very exciting. That's so thank you for what you are doing. I, I can't say it any better than that. Thank you for what you are doing. And by the time this episode goes out, by the way, listeners, you can, I would love if you would leave a comment and leave, you know, your biggest takeaways and your thoughts about this episode at thugkimsutton.com forward slash PP614. Um, don't do it if you're driving though. But um, by the time this episode goes out, this will have already hopefully been taken care of. But Listeners, you've heard me share that there was some stuff going on around here with my kids. And the reason why my 
twins are in the background is because we pulled them out of daycare. We were actually on the waiting list, Ed, to get them back into daycare for months. But just three weeks ago, it broke that the daycare was shut down because one of the teachers was performing, you know, inappropriately with the children. Inappropriate conduct with the kids. Yep. I'm sorry. I'm so yep. sorry to hear that. But all I can, I, I feel so much pain for the children who are involved. I feel mm-hmm. pain because the teacher involved was the owner's son and the owner had received reports of previous instances and not done anything about it. But, and this is going to make me sound incredibly selfish, but I'm just going to put it out there. I feel so extremely grateful that God never put our name at the top of the list to get back in because mm. our oldest that would have been in daycare would have been in that class. Oh my goodness. So it can, you know, I, I was in a lot of pain during those months of waiting to get them back in wondering, oh, why aren't we getting in? This is, you know, really hindering my business to have them here, to be struggling with having the kids at home and, Listeners, you try to get three kids into daycare anywhere and you'll see what the struggle is. The struggle is real. But, um, you know, now I realize there's a purpose for every struggle that we go through. Yes. Every single struggle. And I hate to say it, but I mean, Ed, even, even your, I mean, those, even yours, because had you not gone through that, you wouldn't be able to help you or help people like you are today. Oh, I know, I know. It just that brings me so much joy. I can't even tell you this. It's, it's just, you know, to hear to hear that and to how, I mean, for the people's lives who are impacted from what I'm doing, is 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 a dream come true. I don't care if me too. What now? It goes another day for what it's done already. It, it's something I would be proud to go to my grave with. But on top of that. I'm in need myself too. I'm not the answer guy. I haven't arrived, and I'm still I'm still working on my recovery. And what I get from my uh, uh, followers and people in this community is so extremely helpful and beneficial to myself too. And I don't, I don't, uh, uh, you know, I, I make sure I let everybody know how much I'm being helped by them as much as the, the wonderful things they're saying about what I'm doing. So it's, it's, I gotta say, it's way, it feels much better than you know, earning a. A six-figure income from a job I tried, you know, that, that identified me with something else crazy. But I'm, I just love what I'm doing, and I, I love seeing people be able to face their their fears and their shame in in their own way, but to get their own self-respect and value and purpose and and, and become whole again. And it has any. This is it's a non-faith-based organization, so there's it's not. It's you know I don't I don't bring up my faith when it comes to that unless somebody asks me but it's just it's just a matter of finding yourself and living yourself and, and giving yourself get your life that you were born to have that everybody was born to have in the very beginning and the fear and stigma and the shame with this stuff is um you know when it turns into courage and it turns into honor and it turns into like respect that's uh those those words are much better than fear shame and stigma and it's, that's what living is all about to me and I don't, it has there's no dollar value on that mm. that's so beautiful I, when i started my business i thought it was all about how much money i made and how many followers i had but i would give up all the followers and all the money just for one you know for every positive feedback i get on how i'm helping somebody yeah yeah. Yes. Ed, where can people find you online, connect, and get to know more? 
Well, it's um, if you uh, like my company name uh, for the nonprofit is Me Too What Now. It's it's all one word and no number. So Me Too T O O What Now. You can go onto Google and just put that in, and you'll find me on Facebook and Instagram and uh, YouTube. And my website is MeTooWhatNow.com. And uh, that'll give you a good idea and explanation for where I'm coming in from, what I'm doing. And, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm always promoting YouTube because that's the uh, my main my main platform. Uh, and that's where I'll, I'm able to put out my my uh, my videos. But, um, yeah, I would uh, love to if anybody is looking for help and is afraid to reach out or doesn't know anybody or has feeling shame or, or fear from uh, living with these secrets, then go to my go to my YouTube channel because you'll not only be informed, but you'll be amused at some of the things that I'm doing, and you'll be impacted. Because I wanted to, you know, the big thing for me too. What now wasn't I? I didn't want to do what everybody else was doing because there's there's lots of good help out there, a lot of good websites and videos and everything. But there's always a, I mean, everything is heavy because it's a heavy topic, and you can't avoid the heaviness. But I just want to bring a lightness into it uh, as well. So when I, when I interview other survivors, it is what you'd expect. They share their stories, and it's very impacting. But then, you know, if you look at my vlogs, there's there, it's just interesting and entertaining. I wanted people to know that, you know what? Your life doesn't always have to be heavy when you're a survivor. You can live and enjoy yourself and, and, um, and be, you know, I want to be an inspiration to others in, in the process of myself just living authentically. So that's what you get. <laughs> That's what I'm told you're going to find. And that was my goal when I first started. So, yeah, that would be uh, to find me on YouTube. It's the same thing. Just put in me too. What now? And you search for that and you'll you'll find my web, my my uh, my channel. Oh, I love that you bring humor in. We need more humor. I mean, I've shared the story numerous times about how the business was suffering and our water got shut off because we hadn't paid the bill. And like, there's people who would be like, oh my gosh, you're so irresponsible. But I love it because it snowed that day. So my husband told the kids to go out into the backyard and get snow so mom could use the toilet. (laughs) You know, we have to get through the rough times somehow. And we might as well put a little bit of humor in. By That's the way, right. the water was yeah, back absolutely. on that day, but, <laughs> but yeah. But in the meantime, I had snow. Well, you know, when it comes to this this topic, it's it's just so heavily laden with fear absolutely. and shame, right? Absolutely. And when, you know, when you, when you anyway, I I gotta tell, to be honest with you, this is, I don't know if this sounds weird or not, but if I'm having a bad day, I I go to my I go to my own channel and I, I look at some of my my vlogs or some of my outtakes and I I, I laugh. I laugh my head off because I, I I think I'm so funny in these things. It's just I'm like, dude, you know, you're you're doing just fine, and and I know that that is is lifting other people up and, and giving them something to laugh at. And when you hear my story and you see the crazy things that I'm doing, you you know, I want to bring a, a little bit of lightness into your into your your journey and and what you're going through, and and still try to provide value in in how you approach overcoming this. And for me, it's all about connecting with other survivors, and it's all about um, sharing your story because when you begin to share your story, um, that's when uh, there's a huge step in the healing process takes place, and that's that's what I'm trying to encourage. Because I'm not a professional, I'm not certified in anything, but I can be in the gap between someone who has never taken a step towards healing and actually getting good professional or qualified certified help. And uh, if if that's what I can provide, and if that's what's happening, that's really what 
what uh, what I'm doing, and and that helps to reduce the fear and the shame in, in people's lives. So, yeah, it's uh, it's not typical when you go there. And, uh, leave me some, leave me a comment, and connect with me on on any of my platforms. I'm I'm on them every day, and I love connecting with people. Yes, listeners, please do that. And Ed, even though I'm not in the same stage of recovery, I want to thank you for, you know, lifting me up constantly, reminding me, you know, where to keep my focus and just for for everything that you do for me. and So thank you. Thank you. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you could offer to the listeners? Yes, that sorry, the most important thing that ha- that helped me in my recovery, and, and this can help anybody who doesn't have anything to do with trauma or, or, or abuse, but if you have been traumatized or abused, it's more difficult. But if you can do this, this will radically change your life. And that is learn what it means to be in the moment. The first time my therapist told me that, she said, Ed, you, ne- you need to learn to just be. You need to learn to be in the moment. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Being I'm in the moment. Check it out, man. I'm like, I'm rocking in the moment here, right? I'm all about the moment. And you know, she's still my same therapist. This was about 10 years ago. Now I get what it means. And that means to just be comfortable in this very particular moment. And it could be a good moment, could be a bad moment, but just just live in the moment. And that bring that'll bring you more peace than anything else because you're not worried about the 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 past or the future. You're not thinking about things that haven't happened or that have happened that, that you can't change. Just being in the moment and accepting the reality of that moment for who you are and what's happening is the best thing that you could do for yourself. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level. (laughs) 